all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. Anybody says same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey everyone, welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am Andy Lytle, and we got a lot of news to get to today. But as always, I am joined by my awesome co-host, Hater of Pants, with his new friend. What is that name again for that? Buinka. <laughs> We've named the t- the TV the the uh, Tiki Buinka. Because After, of uh, because, our friend in the chat, uh, BWNCA. Because, who, because, uh, yeah, because, but anyway, <laughs> you're obviously. We're going to have t shirts made. We're going to have t shirts made with Boinka the Tiki on them. <laughs> BWNCA, you're probably going to want royalties or something like that. Uh, obviously, you're Stephen Thomas, NFL yeah. uh, and draft analyst for the o- OBR. Steve, lots going on. It's been a crazy few days, uh, not only with mm-hmm. our live streams here, but obviously it's been crazy because of all the moves the Browns are making. So w- we got a lot to unpack today, a lot of practice squad moves, a lot of players they brought back that you and I uh, liked, and I think a lot of Browns fans liked. So that was good to see. We're going to unpack all that very soon. Uh, we have a pack show for you today. We're going to be joined in the first hour uh, around the 710 time by mac robinson who is a producer for 92.3 the fan it's so funny because i've you you and i both i think have followed mac a long time i've literally followed mac on twitter since he was in college so it's <laughs> i'm not trying to make him feel young or anything Wait, he's in college i thought he was still in high school yeah <laughs> but that's no, how Mac, Mac's a good guy. Yes, and OBR, OBR longtime folks and OBR folks know him because uh, he was one of us uh, Absolutely. A, a while back. Absolutely. And uh, happy to have him back. He's he's one of those guys that does it the right way. Uh, yes. He's not, you know, obnoxious on Twitter and, and tries to build his brand off of hate or putting people down. Right? He does it the right way. And I'm definitely I'm not. happy for the, all the success the guys had. So we, we're going to bring him on and talk about all the Brown stuff. But we've got some stuff from around the league. Yes. But first, some stuff about the channel. Uh, and you wanted to talk about that because we've got some stuff coming up in the next few days that's uh, kind of important. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very cool. So, um, you know, we're about 30 some days into this launch, uh, this Twitch launch for the OBR. And a lot of you uh, subscribe using the prime sub and we, we greatly appreciate it. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you are sub through prime, um, that's probably going to run and you probably, and if you sub through prime at the beginning of this launch, um, that, that sub will run out. It doesn't auto renew. Um, so like mine, for instance, it ran out last night. So, uh, if you notice that you're, awesome Cleveland Browns helmet sub badge is missing or your awesome OBR custom emotes are missing. That means you have to resub. It's as simple as just click and subscribe on your internet browser, whether that's on your phone or your computer, click subscribe and then subscribe for free. You don't have to link the, the Twitch prime anymore. That's done. Just 
every 30 days you'll have to go in and manually re-up it by clicking subscribe right. and then subscribe for free i'm actually going to do it live right now on the show um, and one thing i want to point out that's very important in what you just said you have to do it on your browser yes right? yes you have just to be like when you signed up through twitch yes. prime we've had people that have said i'm having trouble doing it i can't find this button if you try to do it within the Twitch app, it will not work. You have to do Correct. it either on the browser on your computer or the browser on your phone. So Correct. I just wanted to highlight that part of what you just said. It's so. a little frustrating because Twitch makes it as di- why Twitch won't allow people to sub on the mobile app with Twitch it's Prime. Weird. It's very bizarre, but uh, you can't do that. So if your if your sub has ran out, here we go. Here, here's me. I am. Bam. There I am. I think it went through. Share. There we go. There we go. I am now sub for two months in a row. I'm excited. I can't wait till I get to the third three three month sub badge. It's that's the cool Baker Mayfield uh, with the OBR bandana. Nice. That's very. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's very so we sexy. Wanted, we wanted to hit that. Yes. Um, we want to make sure people because we are just like Andy said. We're just at the one month mark. Yes. Uh, since we first were affiliated, yes. you guys could subscribe. So. A lot of you are going to be hitting that one month mark in the next few days. Right. Just wanted to warn you in case you, you pop in and wonder why everything looks different. That's why you're just going to have to do that. And we'll hit this on air every night, you know, yes. for the next uh, whatever. And also, uh, September starts tomorrow. You want to tell people what that is? It's a Twitch thing. That's not an OBR Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's not. Uh, Twitch has a promotion every September. They call it uh, September. Nice, nice little pun there. Um, for the entire month of September, all new subs, all new subscribers will get 20% off their purchase of their new sub for a new channel on Twitch. Also, all gifted subs are 20% off for the entire month of September. So it's a really good deal. It's a good way to uh, you know, show your appreciation to all your favorite Twitch channels. Uh, it's not just us, any Twitch channel. It's you know 20% off gifted subs and 20% off all new subscriptions. And we have a level uh, hype train going. Thanks to Kruger044 for that Prime sub. Appreciate you. And Bargo29, thank you so much for that Prime sub as well. D. Whalen, Dave, thanks, man. Thanks for gifting that sub to Argo Craig. Appreciate that as well. Thank you guys so much. Um, that's pretty much it for September. September is a really cool. It's, I've Because I've been on Twitch. This will be my fourth September, I believe. Um, or my third. No, it's been my fourth, I think. Um They've always done something kind of different uh, for, for the September. So this year, it's actually, this is one of the coolest ones that I can remember, where it's just a flat rate, 20% off all gifted subs. Super cool. That starts tomorrow. They didn't start it on September 1st, but they start it tomorrow. Um, we'll put an article in the OBR, I think, tomorrow to just kind of showing that and, and how you do that yeah. and if you wanted to. But uh, yeah, it's good to know. And plus, if you have other channels on Twitch that, that you enjoy watching and and uh you were thinking about subbing to them now's the time uh nah to- hell with them yeah Just hell with us. them 20 <laughs> percent off it's a good deal but we so- did want to say one more thing before we yeah. really get into it is that next week on this show at 8 45 we've been promising this since we launched uh we will finally be going to do the giveaway next week at 8 45 wednesday on not the same old browns Two tickets to the Browns' home opener against the Houston Texans. We will be giving them away a pair of tickets to watch them play, uh, you know, whoever the 
the Texans run out there, the corpse of the Houston Texans, uh, whoever <laughs> that happens to be by that time. Uh, it's not going to be the matchup we thought it was, you know, a few months ago, but uh, Definitely uh, we'll not. be giving those away on this very show one week from tonight. Uh, we'll be hyping that up over the next week, so uh, we will see you then. Um, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and bring Mac in. Yeah, Let's I'm going to bring him in DL right out. now. Yes, yeah. Mac. Matt, he is a writer. He is a podcaster. He is also a producer for 92.3 The Fan. And a ladies' man. And the ladies' man himself. He is, of course, <laughs> Mac Robinson. Mac, holy smokes, dude. I've I have followed you on Twitter since probably... Geez, going back to 2013, 2014. I think this is the first time we, I've ever spoken to you, my friend. Good to finally sit down with you, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to talk with you, Andy. Good to see you, Stephen. Glad yeah. to see you're doing well. Well, screw him. Uh, yeah, it has been a while at that point. And actually, to, to correct you, yes, you would have been following me since high school at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say it was college, because I remember when you were going to – where did you go to school again? Refresh my memory. Uh, uh, I went to uh, Ignatius and I went to uh, Cuyahoga Community College. Got it. So I was definitely following you through all that. And, you know, you <laughs> I've kind of followed your journey from afar. Uh, what did it mean to and you? And now it, you're at 92.3, right? Yeah. 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 It, it's a weird, it's been a weird journey. I would say that to say the least, you know, um, again, just, and, and it's funny too, because people complain about Twitter quite a bit. And I know I do too, but at the same time, like, I also realize that I, I don't know if I necessarily am in the position that I am if I don't sign up for Twitter over a decade ago. So, right. you know, it's crazy. It's crazy to me to to be where, where I'm at. And I'm thankful for it every single day. Yeah. I mean, hell of four years ago, I was I was uh, selling mortgages. So here here we are. You just never know, man. That and Jonathan Lucroy. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like... Right. Oh, yes, I was posing as Jonathan Lucroy on Twitter. I sure was. Man, that was one of my finest moments. Thank you for remembering that. Oh, of course, man. <laughs> so if you guys have questions, uh, uh, you know, Browns or otherwise, uh, Browns, um, how, how to win the ladies. Mac is a, uh, an expert <laughs> on all of this stuff. But first, Mac, before we get into the Browns, because obviously we're going to talk about the moves to get to the 53, the practice squad and all that kind of stuff. Just mm -hmm. real quick, some stuff from around the league uh, we wanted to bring up. And, uh, you know, you can uh, chime in on this as well. Of course, the biggest NFL story of the day, obviously the Honey Badger. Uh, going on the uh, COVID list. Uh, I have not at this point, if anyone else has, please correct me. I have not at this point seen if he was a positive or a close contact or yeah. anything like that. Uh, and some people have asked uh, if he is unvaccinated and he is the positive, he's not yet within that window. He would still be, you know, assuming he's okay and he recovers sure. okay, he would still be okay to play week one. He would have to um, uh, isolate for 10 days. So that would still give him a couple of days before that. But uh, I, have, I haven't seen any information other than he's on the COVID list. I haven't seen the details yet. So uh, Mac, have you heard anything uh, further about that one? Um, I've seen some reports that he is vaccinated. So I think that that would put him in that four to five day window. Sure. But at the same point, like at least he's missing out on some of that practice time, um, which is vital going into week one. But at the same time, you know, for his case, at least, you know, it is lucky for him seeing as, you know, it is still early enough and they have that extra week uh, going into week one so that he can be ready. So I am still expecting him to uh, be right. ready to go against the Browns as, you know, disappointed as I'm sure some Browns fans are. You know, I'm glad that he's OK, but, you right. know, he is it does seem like he's going to end up playing in week one. And I'm glad he's I'm glad he's OK and I'm glad he's vaccinated if that is the case. So, right. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, from my perspective, just looking at the Chiefs depth chart online, not that they're terrible or anything, but their corner room seems to be uh, the weaker part of their defense, which bodes well with our passing offense. So if by some chance, even if he's just slowed a little bit because their safety room has really buffered their secondary and bolstered their secondary, that would help. I mean, you don't want this to be the reason why, but from a pure, pure football perspective, it sure would help the offense going into Arrowhead, and we can use any advantage we can get because <laughs> as good as this team is, and the Browns are really good, it's a tall order to go into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes. It just is. Yeah, and you're absolutely spot on with that. And, you know, on top of that, too, you know, you also have Frank Clark, who I, if I, if I remember correctly, I think, isn't he dealing with the suspension to begin the year, too? So I think, I think he so, might be. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, you know, he's going to be out. So any advantage that the Browns can get uh, going into this game is going to be huge uh, for, for them at that point. So, you know, again, it's just trying to find any little advantage that you can possibly find. And, if it's missing a little bit of practice time, then, okay, that might be able to shift things your way. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, Pat Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, that's a behemoth in and of itself. So, you know, it's a tall order, but I think that Kevin Stefanski and company are going to be up to task. Yeah, I mean, you know, I they're the two-time AFC defending champions for <laughs> a reason. You know, they're not lucky, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really scary good, and – even with their offensive line being young and a question mark, although I do think Creed Humphrey and um, um, uh, Trey uh, uh, Blank and Smith, Trey, Smith. Rookies, Trey Smith, I think they're really, really good rookies. They are rookies. Yes. But even if our defensive line can take advantage of them, which I think they have a good chance to do, number 15 back there sort of negates that kind of stuff <laughs> with his magic. So uh, just real quick, some other stuff from around the league uh, that Browns fans might be interested in. I know a lot of people have been asking about kicker and Nick Folk. Yeah. He actually signed on to the pa- uh, the practice squad up in New England today. Uh, same thing for Garrett Gilbert. Yes. Uh, people had wondered if we were going to grab him back because the Browns uh, were uh, pretty upset when the, the Cowboys sniped <laughs> him last year. Uh, he also went to the Patriots, former Cleveland Brown Jabal Sheard, signed on to the Dolphins uh, practice squad. Um, and I think that's it as far as I can uh, tell from just random things around the league uh, that uh, Browns fans might be interested. As far as the Browns themselves, lots of moves today. Uh, yes. Two things to note. Um, two, two quick things to know. Jacob Phillips did go to IR today as expected, but they, they expect him back, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Cause that shocks he, me. He, he must have, the, the, they must just project. He has like the most, the fastest healing biceps in the history of human, <laughs> yeah. human life. I like, yeah. I, it's crazy. It, it's puzzling. I mean, Miles has plenty of them to go around, so at <laughs> least you know maybe he can share a little bit. Maybe he's borrowing them from uh, our good <laughs> friend Johnny, friend of the show, Johnny Stanton. Um, <laughs> and one other thing, because people have been asking on Twitter and in the forums at the OBR, Rashard Higgins was out again today. There's nothing nefarious going on. He's not hurt. His fiance is due with their baby, up reportedly anytime, and yes. so that's as I understand it. I, obviously, I I don't talk to him personally, but as I understand it. <laughs> That's why he's been out the last couple of days because that baby is due anytime. So, you know, no conspiracy theories on that kind of stuff. <laughs> so with that out of the way, Mac, just before we get into any specifics, just your general thoughts on the 53. Yeah. Uh, any, anything shock you Surprises. about who was cut yeah. or kept, uh, the practice squad, all that kind of stuff? You know, in terms of surprises, nothing really, you know, shocked me too much. You know, I know in previous years would be, you know, worried about, okay, who, which player is going to head out, which player we're bringing in, 
how many waiver claims. I, I want to say like 2017, I think they ended up bringing in like eight waiver claims <laughs> yes! for week one. <laughs> so like, again, going from that to we, we've cut all these guys and we haven't brought anybody in. And and to be honest, the, the only move that they did was to bring back Joe Jackson. And he was the guy who was cut yesterday. So, right. you know, it's about keeping somebody around. So it, it's um, it, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, what this roster has kind of turned into. The one thing that I thought was interesting, I, I thought that the offensive line, I really thought that they would keep, you know, maybe nine at, at most. I didn't think that they would go 10. Uh, so then keeping 10, and I understand you have Michael Dunn, who could be somebody who you put on IR if you want to. Um, so that's a possible move, but at the same time, you know, I, I just, I don't think that they're going to go down that road, but the offensive line as a whole, you know, keeping the, keeping entirely two separate units, uh, on this team, I thought was very interesting. Um, and then especially, you know, I understood that the three defensive ends, you knew that wasn't going to be the case. Them bringing right. back Joe Jackson, like I mentioned, um, so they keep him around. And then the other part too, that I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Uh, and I, I know that, uh, you know, former OBR uh, writer Jared Mueller can attest to this, but I was trying to keep an eye out for special teamers, basically, to see who's going to be that gunner with Kadero Hodge moving on. Right. You know, who's going to be that guy uh, that they kind of rely on, especially since they lost to Vera Thomas as well through free agency. Yeah, right. So, you know, at this point, who's going to be that guy? And Elijah Lee was that guy, you know, a special teamer as well. So now Tony Fields, could he be that if he's healthy enough? And, you know, maybe A.J. Green is that guy for you in the in the cornerback room. But, again, I'm keeping an eye out for those special teamers, too, because, you know, it, I know it's surprising for, for us Browns fans. But, you know, in previous years, we're worried about who's playing on offense, who's playing on defense. Now I'm concerned who's on the punt team and who's on the kick return team to make those tackles. So, you know, it's the good team's problems that we're getting to at this point. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with some of the guys who are definitely – at least contenders uh, for the for those gunner spots. Uh, maybe Demetrik Felton too. You know, yeah. I mean, we know he's going to be returning kicks, and a lot of times the guys that return kicks, if they don't have a massive role in the offense, they double up uh, in the gunner uh, thing as well. To talk about the offensive line, the, I, I was with you. I didn't. I, I didn't. I assumed that if they kept ten, it would be procedural, and they'd be moving some guys around here in the next forty-eight hours. But I also think. Uh, because we don't know about Dunn, you mentioned Michael Dunn. We talked about him extensively last night because he was back supposedly working on the side today, which is the first time I think uh, he's been doing that uh, since we found out he had a back injury. Until we find out how serious that is, I think they kept both Blake Hans and um, uh, Nick Harris as the backup centers because uh, until we know Dunn's status, they need a little depth in that area. And uh, both of those guys are the only ones left on the roster that have ever snapped the ball. Now, if Dunn is back and healthy and everything like that, I think the reps that they gave him at center in the preseason were huge because one of those guys, my guess at this point would be Blake Hans, might get might be out of a job once Dunn is back and healthy, and that'll open up another roster spot somewhere. But yeah, you're spot on. It was some of the numbers, the 10 in the offensive line room and the <laughs> yeah. seven in the linebacker room. Yeah. Uh, really six, but seven, you know, if you yeah. include Jacob Phillips were, were really strange uh, to me, obviously procedural, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of movement in those areas just yet. Well, and on top of that too, you know, I also look at the defensive backs room because that's been a, a group that I've been kind of keeping my eye on, but the fact that look, they didn't keep Javante Moffitt. They ended up keeping just four safeties at that point. Mm -hmm. It looks like they think that in according to reports too, it looks like Delpit's gonna be healthy enough to play week one. Which so, is stunning to me. 
I agree. And the one nice thing, again, an embarrassment of riches at this point compared to where they have been. But, you know, seeing this safety room at this point, Grant Delpit, you know, last year, he was going to be the guy. And obviously you saw what ended up having to happen where you had to play a player like Andrew Sandejo, uh, a vast majority of snaps. But comparatively this year, now you can bring along Delpit slowly. You have John Johnson. You have Ronnie Harrison who can start for you. And even to, like, I understand that I'm not expecting the world out of him. But again, I think that Richard LeCount, I think he's a player. And I think that he's somebody who is going to have a future in the NFL, whether it be as a a solid starter somewhere at some point. But again, for him, he can be that depth guy for you as well, where you don't have to rush Delpit in each and every week. And now you can kind of bring him along slowly with some of the guys that you have on this roster. Absolutely. And you, you brought up the uh, safety room and last year I, I felt like, you know, you can only make so many moves in one off season, you know, but I, I felt like they were relying on Delpit maybe a little too much uh, going into last season. And, and it came back to bite him because Delpit went down and they didn't really have a backup plan. And now granted, it's hard to replace a second round pick <laughs> starter, However, I kind of felt the same kind of thing, uh, even though they did go out and go get John Johnson the third. They did do that. But at the end of the day, we all know Joe Woods in this dime four two five wants to run three safeties on a lot of reps per game. So with that being said, even when they drafted LeCount, I didn't know what to expect. I'm not an Italian mm-hmm. evaluator. I know what I read. I know his pro day was terrible. I know why his pro day was terrible now with the motorcycle injury and everything. However... With the emergence, I'm glad you brought up LeCount because with the emergence of him, it kind of makes me feel a lot better about the safety room because I thought we were going to maybe run into this problem again with relying too much on Grant Delpit. But (laughs) I still think they need another piece in that room. I know they added uh, uh, Moffitt to the practice squad. They were able to bring him back. I think they're going to be counting on uh, on MJ Stewart to kind of play a hybrid corner safety, but I don't know what they have there. It's, it's, it's changing positions. So let's just say hypothetically Delpit is fine. He's fine for most of the season. Look, you have LeCount, you have Harrison, uh, you have John Johnson, the third, do you still think they need another piece of depth in that safety room, Mac? Honestly, I don't think so. Because okay. here, here's the thing is that, it, and I'm somebody who's been as cautious about Grant Delpit and worried about Grant Delpit since the beginning of training camp. But I'm not as concerned, mainly because obviously I mentioned, you know, Richard LeCount and his emergence. But on top of that, too, you look at the cornerback depth that you have. You know, I, I look at what you have when it comes to Troy Hill is that slot corner. And I don't necessarily think that you have to run three safeties for that 4 2 5 to work. I think that you could look at Troy Hill being in the slide. I think that you can worry about, you know, maybe playing a little bit of Grant of uh, Greg Newsom, you know, in that slot role as well. He's talked about playing inside and outside right. uh, as well. So he's somebody who I think can play a little bit of that role. I don't think you have to have the three safeties on the field. And I think that you can kind of take your time a little bit when it comes to Grant Delpit throughout the season. And even Joe Woods has mentioned that he's not necessarily going to run as much of that early on until they get some of those guys coming back. Right. So I'm not as concerned. Um, I am worried about Delpit. It's not great when, you know, you're constantly seeing him pop up on the bikes and on the injury report. But, you know, again, at the same time, I think that they have the depth and they have the versatility in other areas. I know that was the biggest buzzword from this offseason, but, you know, the versatility among different positional groups, I think, really helps them and really lends it 
themselves to you know being able to handle a loss like a Grant Delpit this year compared to what we had dealt with last year. Absolutely. And uh, there was uh, popped up on the screen there. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring up JOK can handle some of the safety responsibilities. But the key to the whole thing is that guy who our great producer Ian just had up on the screen. We've all assumed, and I've been vocal about this, they're going to bring Grant Delpit along slowly in the first half of the year because an Achilles is nothing to trifle with. And I think they want to make sure he's okay for the next 10 years rather than the next 10 weeks. However, As you asked, Andy, if he is healthy, ready to go, and himself for most of the year, then I'm not worried about it at all. I'm not worried about the safety room at all because three tremendous safeties, even if, you know, they get dinged up here and there and does every so often, you've got the depth of Richard LeCount to come in and take some of those responsibilities. MJ Stewart, like you said, to take kind of Greg Newsom has thrived in the slot and the limited reps that he's gotten. Moffitt will be on the practice squad. Who's who knows the defense knows that exactly. Yeah. But that's the big unknown is Grant Delpit's health and how ready he is to go from the jump by December I expect him to be fully ready to go but this first six eight weeks of the season that's what we're going to have to see uh before we get to our next thing uh topic that we had set out some uh, uh quick questions that I've seen up here in the chat I want to I'll throw mine and then you guys can throw yours uh I think yes Paul I think they will have a kicker on the practice squad if for no other reason than just it's still a COVID world and if yeah. you know our, our kicker test positive on a Saturday night. You don't want to be scrambling to bring somebody in like they did with Parkey four years ago, have him meet his snapper and his holder literally on the field 20 minutes before <laughs> kickoff. So what do you guys think? I, I think it's a no brainer to have one on the practice squad. Yeah, I think so too. You know, last year they had Matt McCrane <clears throat> on their practice squad throughout the entire season. He never even touched the roster, but nope. again, just being safe and sorry, you know, again, I mean, the fact that the Browns, they, they, keep players on their practice squad as a in case of emergency break glass. They have Johnny Stanton back on their practice squad in the same way that no other, rarely any other teams are using fullbacks in 2021, but here the Browns are. It's so integral that they have to have somebody just in case. So, you know, having Johnny Stanton there, that's huge. But again, because of that, I do think that the Browns are going to end up adding a kicker, you know, whether it be somebody like a Joey Sly, uh, who was cut by Carolina You know, there's Mm -hmm. other kickers that are out there and there's a lot of teams that are looking for kickers and kicking competition. So it's going to be a stiff competition. But I do think that there's any situation. I think the Browns are one of the more attractive ones, oddly enough, for a kicker, uh, despite the swirling winds, just because of the fact that, again, they're a team that's fighting for a Super Bowl this year. And on top of that, they have such competition that literally their kicker ended up going out for the year last week. So at this point, it's one of the more open competitions, in my opinion. And while Chase McLaughlin uh, made the team, I I don't think that he's safe by any means. So at that point, I think that they're one of the more valuable uh, kicking spots. So I think that, yes, I do think that they'll end up bringing somebody into their practice squad. Long story, uh, long. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally both with with the both of you guys. I mean, in in this COVID climate, it's pretty obvious. As someone in the chat mentioned, they kept a kicker on the practice squad all year last year, and expect the same. But I also, I don't think I don't think McLaughlin has a long. Is it McLaughlin or is it McLaughlin? Have we? I have no idea. Have we confirmed this? I think it's McLaughlin. M- I think it's McLaughlin. M- yeah. McLaughlin. Okay. So I think you know Chase Mack. Yeah. We'll call him Chase. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. I will say this. I, 
I don't think he has a long leash, and I think they are looking to add someone to bring some competition there. I don't think they're just going to bring someone on just to have him on the practice squad. I think they're going to bring someone in that can push can push McLaughlin and and we'll see how that goes and we'll see how he performs. If he makes his kicks, he's got nothing. He's got, he doesn't have anything to worry about. But see, I, th- I think they're more confident in him than that. Um, I would you could be right. You could be right. But I think that they like him. I think that he's missed yeah. very few kicks all year. I mean, when you're, you know, literally one inch short on a 57 yeah. yarder, that, that bodes <laughs> can't well. Can't be missing um, extra points, though. You can't. That, to me, yeah, and, I, and I guarantee you, Stefanski hates that that stuff. Oh, yeah. oh that, that, uh, that, that yeah. drives him absolutely bonkers, missing I'm waiting point. for Jake to come back. He was going to look at the film because it was just so bizarre. I, my immediate thought was something went wrong with the hold. Something something was yeah. off because yeah. he missed it. It was it's so fair. bad. It wasn't like he just pulled it or anything. It looked like. Yeah, it was from the left up. hash and he missed it wide right. Yeah, so, like, that was bizarre. a complete, a complete mess. Yes. So, moving on to this one, uh, my answer uh, again, Jake said this a couple of nights ago when this name was first floated and it makes perfect sense he has been in this type of system he's been in the shanahan slash Stefanski slash kubiak style of offense for years he knows it he's he can run it i mean he ran it you know reasonably well in san francisco i mean he's not going to come in and steal baker's job or anything but if in some sort of catastrophic situation where that he has to see the field uh, at least it's not somebody who comes in and doesn't understand the calls and has no idea how to do yeah. anything and they have to close the playbook. You know, at least he understands what's going on. I think that more than anything is why they've gone with Nick Mullins uh, instead of Garrett Gilbert. Go ahead, Mac. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that for sure, because again, it's rare to find somebody who has the experience in your same type of offense. And on top of that has starting experience that you're able to bring right. in and have somebody that, you can just throw on the practice squad. He's still young enough to where, you know, again, he can just sit behind there, understand what his role is. And in the event that if anything were to happen to Case Keenum or Baker on just knock on wood, mm-hmm. like, you know, either or, you know, again, at that point, you have a capable backup who has starting experience. And that's very hard to come by, especially at this point in the year. And not to mention, um, as uh, Bob uh, Bob L. Images uh, just mentioned in the chat, uh, it's a very good point. We are pretty sure that uh, they're going to move on from Case after this year and his $6 million contract. And Nick Mullins yeah. is young enough to be a serviceable backup, much cheaper backup moving forward. So that's another reason. It's absolutely, it's a very good point right there. Uh, one more that I saw here before we move on, uh, will feel it, it makes perfect sense. He's it the does. perfect build for it. He's going to be the fifth linebacker on the roster, and so he's not going to see at least, and not initially, going to see a ton of snaps on no. defense. Uh, so, but with his speed, and he's a sure tackler. If you watch this tape from Arizona and West Virginia, if he makes it to the ball carrier, the ball carrier rarely does not plant his face into the ground if he hits a guy the guy normally goes down which is huge on special teams sure and with the way the nfl has changed and the rules have changed to favor the offense and the offense the browns are going to have and we scoring a ton of points that extra five yards uh, uh not giving up five yards on a, a, a punt or something like that or a kick return a field position will make a huge difference uh and it could be they're going to be in a lot of games that could come down to the final minutes maybe a long field goal and that extra five yards on special teams, people think, oh, special teams is sound. It's super important. It is super important. And yeah. if you have bad coverage units like the Browns did at the first half of last year before they tightened it up, 
it shows up on the scoreboard yeah. sometimes. Field position, man, can can make the difference just in just about any game. Mac, uh, what do you think of Fields? Yeah, you know, I I really like Tony Fields. We didn't get a chance to see a, see him a ton, but again, right. the fact that the Browns kept him him on despite that, you know, really says a lot to what they think about Fields at this point. Yeah. And Fields, I was looking at as one of those guys who, like I mentioned before, seems like he could be that special teamer. Uh, that you look for in that linebacking room. Again, like certain players that I had kind of circled between him, A.J. Green, you know, M.J. Stewart to an extent. But again, Fields was one of those guys who, even when they drafted him, I thought could have a role as a special teamer for this team. And I think that he will be somebody who, if he's healthy, I think he's going to be on the field. And I think he's going to be playing quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's a reason they liked him. You know, uh, I, I think I, th- I think they like his Chase McLovin. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to keep calling him. Jackie Mac. Shout out to Jackie Mac in the chat. I hope you're well, friend. <laughs> is it? Uh, oh, this is a good question. Go ahead. Steve. This is a question. Um, uh, the last one I remember because I'm, you know, older than pretty much everybody else in here. Uh, the last one I remember, uh, it used to be the norm for teams to carry one kicker if they carried a kicker. You know, and he yeah. would handle the punting and the place kicking and the sure. kickoffs and all that kind of stuff. Rolf Banerska did it for the San Diego Chargers uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s. That's the last one that I remember planning to do. And obviously, you know, there's been yeah. games where it's when you graduated college, hurt. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and um, the punter, you know, the punter gets hurt before the game and the kicker handles it or, or vice versa. I've seen that. But but going into a season planning to only have one kicker on the roster, that's the last time I remember that because they become so specialized and the game has it, it's so critical anymore. And they're different motions and different muscles and, and totally different skill sets. It's just not reasonable to do that uh, anymore, at least not that I could think of. Yeah, and pardon the pun, but I mean, they're such specialized positions at this point. (laughs) But, you know, with punters and kickers, the only one that I can remember, at least recently, uh, was I believe, I can't remember his last name, but I I believe it began with like a V, but it was with the Baltimore Ravens. They had a kicker and punter that was in camp with them. He ended up getting traded to Minnesota for like a fourth and fifth round pick or something. And um, he ended up getting cut because he couldn't do... Uh, they tried to make him into a kicker at that point, and he couldn't do the kicking well enough. He couldn't do the punting well enough at that point because they already had, I think, Britton Colquitt at that point. So, you know, they tried to make him into just the kicker, and it just couldn't work out. I just don't think that with the way that special teams are as important as they are now, I just Mm -hmm. don't think that that's going to be the case anymore to where you're getting somebody at a good enough level at both to where it warrants that, uh, that roster space. Yeah, no. Yeah, what was, yeah, what was his name again, Stephen? That uh the guy that you were referring Rolf to? Rolf Banerska. Gosh, what a name too. Sounds like a freaking if, if, if I've ever he was heard good at it too. Well, Yeah, I mean, if I've ever heard that. of a name yeah. for a football player, that's definitely it. Say it one more time. And I found the I found the kicker's name too, by the way. Yeah. It was Kiari Vidvik. Yeah, he was a Nori, he was from Nori uh Norway. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. That's right. Wow. Yeah, you, you know, it is a good point. You'd think a player would come along that could do both at a high level and or consistent high level, I should say, because it would open up a roster spot. But, you know, hot take, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes, very true, Ian. Shout out to Ian, who is producing for us. You're, you're doing a hell of a job, as always, my friend. Well, um, let's pay uh, no attention to the man behind the curtain. Don't yeah, don't no. worry about me making up the names. <laughs> he, he hosted last night. We let him out of his cave for one night. Last night yes. 
put him back in there and plug stuff in. Um, but uh, let's move on to uh, we signed back most of uh, the practice squad. At last check, there was 12 on the practice squad, not, so it's not quite full yet. Uh, this, these are the guys uh, that we have. Uh, Jamarcus Bradley, I'm thrilled to get him back. Really, yes. seriously, I am. That kid can play. Uh, Sheldon Day, we expect. Actually, I thought Sheldon Day would be the one that goes back on the the active. Fifty three and be Joe Jackson, right? Um, uh, Jordan Franks, I know we all liked. Uh, Port Augustine, more depth at edge. Yes, uh, I'm actually very surprised that John Kelly and uh, Javante Moffitt didn't get claimed. Uh, really, I am. Um, Mullins, we talked about. Jojo Natson coming back is good. We love Johnny Stanton um, and uh, Curtis Weaver, of course. You know, the guy we know from Miami, I, I was really pleased to get him back because I know he really didn't look good uh, in August, but he hasn't played in over a year. Yeah. And he came back from what <laughs> I understand was a pretty serious toe injury and surgery. So he needs a little more time. I would love to see him after a year on the practice squad, get back up into football shape, into football speed may turn out to be nothing. It may never, you know, he may never improve, but I was glad that he got more than just, you know, three and a half weeks of camp. Uh, in our system because they obviously like him uh, quite a bit. And then the last guy on there, Jordan Steckler, they just added maybe an hour ago. Got to be honest, I know very little about him. Started Same. four years at, Nor at Northern Illinois for the Huskies, which is a good program. Uh, as far as I understand it, uh, he, uh, he spent the last two years on the Texans practice squad, never saw the field. Athletic-looking dude from the very little that I could find uh, on him came out a couple of years ago, but I will say this. Uh, these coaches, as we know, have input. Andrew Barry is the final word on this kind of stuff, but the coaches give them names. Sure. We like this guy. We don't like that guy. And if one Mr. Bill Callahan thinks there is something there to be developed. <laughs> They're going to listen. I'm, I'm not going to argue with him. No. You know, I mean, you know, he may turn out to be nothing, but if he thinks there's something there, yeah. I trust that guy's word. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree when it comes to that, you know, especially because I'm like you, Steven. I, uh, the second I saw Jordan Steckler, you could have told me that he also kicked and funded. So I had no idea. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, with the guys that they brought back, you know, I was actually pretty happy. Uh, Jamarcus Bradley, like you said, dude can play. And he showed it against the Jets last year, too, uh, in the limited time that he had. You know, Jordan Franks, I thought was athletic, but he showed potential. You know, he showed good hands. Um, Sheldon Day is somebody who I like as uh, that depth interior defensive line for them. Same. Um, obviously, being able to bring back Porter Gustin, I thought was huge, and Elijah Lee as well as a special teamer. Um, Moffitt, I like. I from what I had heard from him coming out of college and being able to see what he was able to do this preseason. You know, he's somebody who's a hard hitter, and I think that he's somebody who could, uh, you know, get elevated into uh, into the active roster if they need him to. Um, John Kelly, I thought was, he, I thought he showed good, uh, tape, uh, in the preseason as well. And <laughs> Paul, um, but you know, I, I thought that, um, you know, Kelly showed enough to where I thought that somebody would pick him up. Uh, and, and he has the experience. He was Todd Gurley's backup for a few years there in, uh, in LA. Um, so, you know, I thought that he could get picked up somewhere, but, Again, overall, I'm happy that they were able to bring back the guys that they were. It just seems like the guys that they brought back, good projects, good depth, uh, and guys who I thought overall fit with not only the team, but also the culture that they've built up to. Sure. Were you guys – I'll ask you both. You both can have at it at this question. Were you a little, <laughs> were you a little surprised JoJo Natson made it through waivers? 
I thought somebody would pick him up, right? Uh, just because of the speed that he flashed, but and uh, things that he offers. I mean, you know, maybe, jet sweeps, returns. Maybe he likes the system. Maybe he likes the people. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe, maybe the only teams that called him were similar situations where he was he would be buried on the depth chart. Sure. Uh, and he thought, well, if, you know, if I'm going to be buried, I might as well stay here because they like me here. Uh, real quick, yes, the, he was late 70s, early 80s, and he was the kicker in that uh, for the Chargers in that legendary double overtime <laughs> game. That was an unbelievable football game, absolutely. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, John Kelly, I, I've got some quibbles with him trying to bounce everything outside, but I, but I thought he showed enough. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was actually surprised that he came back to Cleveland. I want to see what, what you thought about this, Mac, simply because of the running back room. I mean, you know, no matter, literally no matter what he did in this off, in this preseason, he was not making this 53. There was just, there's too much in front of him in the running back room. So I'm a little, I mean, I'm glad, but I'm a little surprised <laughs> that he chose to come back to this situation when I'm sure there's probably a dozen situations out there where he could at least be on the active roster and be the third back or, you know, the fourth back or something, get to play on special teams or something like that. So the fact that he chose to come back here to this situation just struck me as a little strange. I mean, more power to the young man, whatever you want to do, that's your thing. I just, I found it a little odd. Did you? You know, I thought with him coming back, I kind of understood it just because again, last year and again, knock on wood, but you know, injury issues when it comes to, you know, Nick Chubb, he missed games last year. You know, Darius Johnson, you know, he's solid. But again, you know, between him, Kareem Hunt has dealt with stuff in the past as well. So, you know, I think that for him being in the, as good of a running back room as this is, I also think that it's planning for the future, you know, possibly being around some of these guys. And if he can go ahead, be that depth guy that they end up bringing up whenever they have to deal with, you know, Darius Johnson and his contract or, you know, some of these other guys as well, you know, at least being around this system and still being in this system to where if somebody needs to bring him in, then he still can be on a practice practice squad at least. And at least you have tape out there on yourself as well. So, you know, when it comes to John Kelly, I think that he made the right call, um, at least being around these guys too. But again, just overall, I look at it and I'm just, you know, I, I was, I'm just happy that he's back here. I should say. Sure. And one thing, one thing that I was in, kind of impressed with him other than obviously I'm with you, Steve, he needs to stop bouncing everything outside <laughs> like, like a maniac. That's what a, a lot of young running backs do, but you know, you'll have mm-hmm. that, that can be coached and that, that, that can be fixed. I liked his ability. He showed me as the ability to catch the football. Uh, which I think a lot of running backs nowadays, that's kind of one of the things that a lot of these coaches are looking for. Can you catch the football? If you really look at a lot of the starting running backs across the NFL, most of them can catch the football with the exception of maybe like a Derrick Henry. But I feel like that breed of running back is, is kind of a dinosaur nowadays. So that was one thing with me that was definitely encouraging with Kelly. Especially in this system, as yes, they're, they're ramping up more and more screen game. Yes, uh, and and yes. designed designed more wheel routes screens, and that Steve. kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, I mean, again, like a lot of these guys on the practice squad, hopefully it never becomes an issue because he never even comes close to touching the field for us as fans. I'm saying, uh, but you know, it, it's nice to have that kind of player there. Uh, Paul with a, a question here. I, I don't know if nervous is the word. <sighs> yeah. Um, I personally would still like to, you know, bring somebody else in if we can. But 
as we've been saying since the end of last year, man, they really like Joe Jackson because they just keep keeping him around. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at minimum, I mean, right now he's your fourth edge. He's, you know, 10, 15 snaps a game. So and he's big, he's strong, he's stout at the point of attack. He can he can be he can stand up and run support. You know, he's not going to be a double digit sack guy, but that's not his role on this team. So no. I don't know if nervous is the right word, but if they see the right situation out there, I would be happy if they brought in someone else with a little more pass rush oomph than the guys that they currently have. Now, I will uh, say that we're talking about Sheldon Day. You were talking about him a little bit ago, Mac. I, I think if there's another IR, if it's Michael Dunn or whoever it is, I think Sheldon Day is the next guy in line to yes. be brought back up to the 53. That's just my guess. I, uh, hope so. I, was, I was surprised he was practice squad and not 53, but. Same. You know, we'll see with that kind of stuff. Oh, and here's a good, uh, I noticed this when we were talking about John Kelly. That's a, that's a legitimate thought. You know, he is, he's fast, he's strong. Yeah. He's, you know, he knows how to knife through traffic. That's what running backs do. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe he's a depth guy on special teams. If there's a few injuries in front of him too. Good thought. Sure. How about you, Mac? You nervous? Are you nervous about the defensive end room right now? The edge room? You know, not not necessarily. You know, I feel like I should be more uh, concerned than I am, honestly, especially given, right. you know, Clowney's injury. His, what'd you say? I said, right. No, I know. I knew yeah. where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> because you got Clowney, Tack McKinley. He he obviously missed because of personal reasons. But, I mean, still, you have Tack McKinley, who's dealt with injury stuff in the past. You know, Miles Garrett. Obviously, Miles is phenomenal. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I look at this. And I think that overall, the, the key word in this is versatility, because you have guys both that are inside that can bounce out. You have Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell teased about it yesterday, but you also have Joe Jackson and Jadavian Clowney who, and Miles Garrett, really, who can all kick inside right. if you yeah. need. So at that point, you know, you have guys that have that versatility that you're really looking for. So, you know, overall, I'm not necessarily concerned because of the versatility that you have along the defensive line. But at the same time, I'm like Steven where, you know, hey, give me one more like pure pass rusher, pure edge rusher off the edge there. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Like I, I can take that. Like, again, I, I'm in the same camp where, you know, you can never have enough pass rush. You can never have enough corners. Like you can never have enough guys that you can that can rush the passer at that point. Absolutely. So it, give me another one. That yeah. leads into this next thing that I wanted to bring up. There's still some folks out there uh, not currently on a roster who were waived uh, the other day yesterday. Uh, that could be interesting in that area. And then there's a couple from different positions. Pernell McPhee uh, in uh, Baltimore. I, have, I got a lot of questions about him uh, on Twitter. It looked yesterday when they did it like it was a procedural move, like, like the Browns did with Joe Jackson. But sure. to this point, at least when we went on the air, we've been on the air for 45 minutes. When we went on the air, he has not been signed back uh, to the Ravens squad. And a guy his age, obviously, you're not going to bring him in to be your one. You're not going to bring him in to be your two. But at 33 years old, again, we're talking about a fourth edge. Do I think Pernell McPhee <clears throat> might have enough left in the tank to rush with his hair on fire for a dozen snaps a game as the fourth edge? I think it's worth kicking the tires at least, you know. And now he, we may not have the money to give him that he wants. A veteran like that might want a, you know, a decent bag. But uh, that's one guy that's out there. And then the other one. And I had to do it, even though he was with the Browns shortly a few years ago, I had to go up and look it up uh, phonetically again, was released from the Vikings. Ifadi Odenabo. Yes, that's the guy. Nailed he, it. 
Yes, there you absolutely. Go. And, uh, you know, not a big name that you're going to know. He's not going to, again, not going to be a guy that's going to come in and challenge Miles for edge one. But last year with the Vikings, who were not a particularly great squad, 27 quarterback hurries, 11 quarterback hits, four sacks. He had a pass rush grade of just shy of 70. And 70 is, you know, pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. So, you know, that's another guy that if the situation is right, again, at this time of year, you're not bringing in, uh, people they need, they need to reset their expectations. There's been a lot of comments, and I'm sure you guys have seen them on Twitter too. That why would they want to get that guy? He's an end of the roster guy. Well, that's well, what that's that's what, that's what we're talking about. You know, I, it's not the first day of free agency. You know, the John Johnsons of the world are not in this. Are, group, are they all so. gone, Steve? Are they all yeah, taken? I, it seems like it. There's not a lot of Aaron Donalds on the waiver. Damn it! But so, you know, you got to reset your expectations. These are guys that come in and you put them in that fourth edge, the fifth corner, you know, the the fifth safety. And you're going to ask for very specific things from these guys. And I think Odenabo is a guy that in that fourth or fifth uh, edge role, especially in this particular uh, uh, situation with how much pass rushing power is ahead of him in that rotation, could come in. And, you know, he's still young. He's 26, 27, uh, still has enough in the tank to really go out there and have himself a good year. We got the chat uh, bringing up old edge players for the Browns. We got <laughs> Avery, Gennard, uh, gosh, Denard Avery, Gennard, yeah, and, 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 uh, Emmanuel Ogba, and Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah, and I think Ogba is still on the ro- on the Dolphins roster, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. He actually had a pretty good season last year, which made me crack up laughing. He did. He actually did. Um, Trade him straight up for Eric Murray. Great move. (laughs) Hell of a time to be alive, gents. Can we bring back Orpheus Roy? Why not, Ian? Let's get nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Why not? Does Um, Ted Washington count? Can we bring him back? (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right, Mac, when you're speaking about the versatility. and, And Steve, I think all of us know this, and we've been talking about it for months, but you know, definitely one key theme of this offseason, and honestly, since Andrew Barry took over in 2020, is one constant theme has been versatility with players he's acquired through free agency, through the draft, undrafted free agents, and, and, and so on. Um, I mean, you got players like Malik Jackson that have shown that he can kick outside, shown it throughout his entire career. And I'll tell you, one player I'm curious, and, and as you guys mentioned, Sheldon Day, obviously, but one player I'm curious if he – how many, if any, reps he gets on the outside, and that's Malik McDowell. I, I'm I'm curious if they move him around. I don't do you can you guys see that happening? I could, but I think it's probably down the road. I don't think sure. I'm not saying right away. Yeah. Immediately after yeah. you know four years off, but he's definitely got the skill set to do it. I yeah. mean he's gonna have to he's learn the some build. technique. Got guys in front of him to learn some good technique from. Uh, but he's gonna have to he, he he's gonna have, he'll learn quickly. Not everybody is like that center for the Falcons the other night. You can't just get up under everybody's pads and make them look like me. You've got to have some technique. It's great that yeah. he is as physically freaky as he is, but sure. even the physically freakiest of all still have to have technique and moves and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And the the, uh, uh, the versatility not only helps with your roster construction, maybe helps you save a spot here and yeah. there, but we've been saying this for years, Mac, and I'm sure you'll back me up. It also helps, like on your defense – it helps you disguise things because the opposing sideline can't look out there and go, okay, they've got such and such a personnel grouping in. That means we can attack this position because those guys can only do these three things. No, you know, if you look out in the defensive line is, is miles and Clowney and the two Malik's 
you have no idea where those guys are going to line. They, any one of them could line up anywhere left to right on, on the even front. So, and in the secondary, the same thing. The quarterback, even if it's just a split second that it makes him hesitate because he doesn't know if, the, you know, so and so is covering the slot or if he's going outside. Greg Newsom can do both. Which one is he going to do? If you can hide him just for a split second in the NFL, that's all it takes. Right. And on top of that, too, you also are able to disguise some of those blitzes that you have, too. Some guys can drop back. Some guys can go ahead, go for the quarterback. And, you know, especially, you know, looking at that defensive line grouping, you know, you mentioned McDowell and those guys, too. I, I think that <laughs> that was so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Oh, so man. Sorry, man. Go ahead. No, that, that's before the murder. That's before the murder. Yes. Okay. It was. yes. You know, I, and this and this is what I mean. So even too like going back last year, you know, the signing that nobody really talked about was Adrian Claiborne. Right. And Claiborne was a guy who was labeled as a defensive end, but played a decent amount inside a defensive tackle. Because he was just a solid player at both spots. You don't need him to be, and I know this is this is different for people to look at, but he doesn't have to be a superstar at your fifth spot as your fifth right. pass rusher. I know the Browns have a lot of great pass rushers. You don't need to have superstars at your fifth spot too. Like you can just have solid players to mix right. in. And you know, I look at some of these guys again. Malik Jackson, I look in a similar way. You know, obviously he's going to get more playing, uh, more starter snaps. Uh, this year but I also think that you know when you have a guy like a Jordan Elliott too you mm -hmm. know he doesn't necessarily have to play all of those snaps because Malik has had those issues when it comes to injury in the past so you know maybe limiting some of his snaps and you can have a rotation between McDowell between Elliott and these guys and even how even haven't we haven't even brought up Tommy Togi yet, right. uh, you know possibly as he works on his game you know I, I look at these guys and they have versatility across the way whether that be inside at three tech or as your nose uh you know you also have the guys on the outside who can rush the passer at that point too so you know ton of versatility and it really helps like what you said steven you know disguising and i know the browns weren't able necessarily to do that as much last year given no. you know the talent that they had on their team and again that's not that's not a complete shot at the team but again it's just recognizing where the team was at last year in year one so, you know, I, I look at this team, extremely talented, top to bottom, and it didn't really sink into me just how much talent was added to this defense until I started to look at that actual, like, final or initial 53. And then I kind of realized the depth that they have across every position and the versatility that you have across every position. And it really lends to the job that Andrew Barry has done. Mm. Uh, because, you know... It, Andy, you mentioned it before where, you know, you can't really hit every need in the offseason in just one year. Can't. Somehow Andrew Barry has got nine new starters <laughs> and possibly know. a top 10 defense. I don't get it. <laughs> it's playing chess, not checkers, man. It, right. It, I, I can't believe it either. I mean, let's go back to the 2020 offseason. I mean, he completely revamped the entire offensive line, which we all know was a huge problem in, in, in 2019. He completely re revamped that into one of the best units in the league. And here we are. We'll see if the, if the defense plays out. But, all I mean, I think we can all agree the moves that he made in free agency, specifically John Johnson III and Jadavion Clowney, and the drafting of uh, of uh, Greg Newsom II and, and JOK. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I can say his name, guys. I don't have to call him <laughs> JOK. Uh, is there any benefit to sign a there player is. after the w week one game? Go ahead, Steven. This is one. actually uh, my guess raise up is this is in response to uh, me saying that guys like Pernell McPhee and, and uh, Odenabo were still out there. That's a good point, And it slipped my mind until you said that. 
Um, there is some kind of uh, provision out there that uh, veterans with contracts, if they're not signed until after week one, their current contract, like you can renegotiate a new contract with them. Like if they signed him right now, they'd have to pay whatever, uh, you know, he was on the hook for in Baltimore. Uh, if they wait till after week one, then he's basically, for all intents and purposes, a street free agent. That's how I yeah. understand it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a good point there. And that might be why Pernell McPhee is out there uh, still. And, and we have not seen anything uh, as of yet. Good. Uh, good point there. Absolutely yes. a good point. Yes. And Andrew Barry is Jesus Christ reincarnated. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I say this all the time, Mac. I, I you know, when it, after Andrew Barry's offseason last year and then, you know, I. I realized the guy was five years younger than me, and I really started to truly reevaluate my life. Um, that's, <laughs> so I appreciate not only Andrew Barry for turn, help help this awesome Browns turnaround. I I actually thank him for really taking a look at my life in general and realize <laughs> you're telling me Miles Garrett's three weeks is three weeks younger than me. There you go. There and he looks like both. I look like Captain America before the serum. He looks like him after. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, it's good times, Mac. Well, Mac, we we got you for a few more minutes. You're welcome to stick around for like another ten or fifteen if you want. As long as you want. Yeah, I'm good, man. We I'm kinda, good. Whatever we, you guys want to do. We had some things come up today where usually we in the first hour we 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 uh, highlight the OBR staff. We have Fred Greetham on or 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 Brad, Brad. Steenbrook. Jake, yeah. uh, the whole crew, but everyone had, st- had unfortunately could not make it today. So we were, were of, unfortunately with their families. They were yeah. unfortunately with their families, <laughs> as Stephen just said. So, yeah, you're welcome to hang out for another 15 minutes or so if you're down, my friend. So yeah, I'm, I'm down, this, man. I'm down. Let's Since go. you're All our right. guest, I'll give you a uh, first crack at this. Looking ahead, because we all expect them to make another move or two, probably not anything huge. When, when we say that, again, keep your perspective, folks. I'm not <laughs> saying they're going to trade OBJ or they're going to trade for – you know, some superstar, but they're, they're just looking at the numbers. It's almost guaranteed that there's another move or two coming in the next 48 hours. Uh, if you had to pick, uh, like if you were given the raw, is there anybody out there right now that you personally would say, that's the guy I want him on my 53, uh, cause he fits such and such a role or, or I just always have liked him or whatever. Who, who are your guys that are still available that you would go after if you were Andrew Barry? You know, and Steven, this one I think you'll appreciate, but I just want to know what happened with David Moore. You know, the offensive mm, guard that's mm-hmm. still sitting out there. You know, I understand you're not going to be able to play everybody, but again, I look at him and I think he's somebody that, you know, even if not on the 53, you know, yeah. even if he's just on the practice squad, I don't understand how he hasn't gotten in here yet, you know, or hasn't landed anywhere quite yet. If I haven't seen anything, you know, Steven, I don't know if you've seen anything, but, you know, no. I, I look at this and, I think that he's somebody who's extremely talented. I don't understand why the Panthers cut him, let alone the Jets at this point. So, you know, I I want to at least bring him in under Callahan and see if he can work his magic a little bit. But, you know, that was the main one that that I looked at. Um, And and the one situation, he he didn't end up getting cut, but the one that his name kept on getting brought up in trade discussions and everything like that that I had seen was, you know, Chase Winovich. Uh, out of New England, the edge rusher, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and seeing if there's anything that they could possibly do to bring him in. Because, again, just one of those younger guys who, you know, he's on, he's still on his rookie deal. So, you know, you can bring him in at that point. He can be one of those rotational guys. And 
look, if at that point that's your insurance policy, if and again, God forbid anything happens with Tack Kinley, or if you need that backup pass rusher, you know, you have somebody like Winovich who can come out for 10 to 15 snaps. You don't need right. him to come out for much and just be that situational pass rusher. Yeah, and as far as David Moore, that's the guy that, you know, I annoyed my timeline with tremendously during the draft <laughs> yes. cycle. Uh, out of Grambling, I really, really right. liked him. And not to mention, when he was cut by the Panthers what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. the Browns put in a claim on him. They did. So mm -hmm. they obviously like him. So then he went to the Jets. and They've I, been we reading your Twitter timeline, Steve. <laughs> if you're cut from the Jets, I, I got to wonder if there's something going on with his health Something. Or, or something like because the Jets are just a nightmare right now. Yeah. Um, and he's just too good of a prospect not to have popped up on someone's radar. Um, so right. at least bring him into the practice squad and let Bill Callahan get his hands on him. Uh, I'm with you absolutely. And as far as the Winovich stuff, uh, we've heard that that's more smoke than anything. Uh, but, you know, yeah, if there's anything that can be done, as long as the price isn't ridiculous. I mean, the hoodie has shown <laughs> in the last couple of days that he's not he's not above making moves at this time of the year. And if he doesn't think that Winovich has a future, he will always, you know, move a guy to get something back before just letting him him walk. And as I've said on this show three nights in a row now with Winovich, he doesn't do much but run the passer well yet. Rush the passer. That's all he does well. He, he's not particularly good at any other parts of the position. But again, for your fourth slash fifth edge rusher, that's all you want right. from the guy, really. I mean, if he can come in and he rushes the passer really well. So if he comes <laughs> in for 12 games and gives another, you know, superb push in the pass, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, if it's a, if it's a two minute situation or, you know, the, we're ahead by two and a half score, we're ahead by 17 in the fourth quarter, and we know they're going to be throwing the ball and our pass rushers are going to get tired. I would love to have a guy like Winovich come in here. I'm kind of right there with you, Mac. I know you're, you gotta be a fan of him, right? Oh yeah. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. For sure. I'm in. No, sign <laughs> Besides, me I mean, dude, plus, plus the hair that he has already, oh, like you hair. just got to add that into the roster. I mean, look at <laughs> See, it. exactly. It's a no brainer. <laughs> You put that hair in the same Come room on. with Stump Mitchell's beard. I think it, it's <laughs> what are we? It's like the key of Come time. On. You know, like, <laughs> Come on. It unlocks the universe. I Come think. On. Uh, I don't the care only about other guy that's out there right now that that people have said a lot of things about. Uh, at least that I've noticed. There's some other guys in the defensive backfield that I have minor, you know, varying levels of mild interest in. But a lot of people have brought up Corn Elder to me. I have Ooh, never yeah. been a huge Corn Elder fan. I know that there are people out there Great that name, really, really like his game. <laughs> but he's as far as I go, again, as, as of when we went on the air, he was still available and had not signed anywhere yet. So that's another thing that they might be. Uh, but then again, what do I know? I'm still shocked that Trey Boston is a free agent and KJ Wright. I cannot believe somebody hasn't signed those two guys, to be honest. With is, it me or, here, is it me but, or has Trey Boston been like a free agent for three years now? I guess he has. Absolutely. I think. <laughs> I swear. Every year. Yeah. I swear his, his name has come up uh, in, in the offseason uh, to the Browns, like for the last four offseasons in a row. It seems like that. I'm pretty sure you're right on that, actually. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I've always kind of liked him. Why can't he get a long-term deal from anyone? So 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 bizarre. Wait till Corn Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, wait. Yeah, 
Here's go a good question. Uh, who are the starting linebackers at this time? Now, we should preface – I'm going to let you go first, Mac, but we should preface it by saying that the word starter doesn't mean what it did five or ten years no. ago uh, because it's, everything is so package-based at right. this point, so very situational. It can change from week to week. Uh, but your answer for Carpe Doom, which is a great, great screen screen name and, and easier <laughs> to say than Boinka. So uh, yeah. what do you think there, Mac? So, you know, looking at the linebacker room, you know, Anthony Walker, he's going to be your starting uh, Mike linebacker that he's already gotten the green dot, everything like that. And it, it seems like that's going to be his role. Um, but when it, when I look at the will, you know, initially coming in, it was Mac Wilson who who had the job at that point. But I think that given the injuries as of late, I, I think it's going to be Jeremiah Usakormoa who starts at the will. And, and I think that he showed enough in the preseason to where I, I'm – pretty much okay with giving him that starting role day one. Um, and then starting at the Sam, it's not going to get a ton of play. Cause again, like you mentioned, you're going to see you know, a lot of nickel, a lot of dime, especially early. So, you know, I look at that and I think that's going to be Taki Taki. I think he's going to be somebody who can, you know, step up if you need him to. Uh, but I think he'll be that, that kind of hard hitting Sam backer for the line, for the linebacking unit. But, you know, again, I don't necessarily think he's going to get a ton of plays. I think he's going to be a special teamer, but, you know, at, at most, maybe like 25 snaps a game, you know, maybe sure. 20 snaps a game at that point, uh, depending on the matchup that you have, maybe getting more play against somebody like Baltimore uh, right. compared to, you know, early on the season when you're playing against, you know, teams like Kansas City and uh, Chicago there as well. So, you know, I think that he's not going to get as much, but I think he's going to be your sandbacker. Absolutely. And then you throw in Malcolm Smith as a, uh, a solid, dependable uh, back up at the mic, a good coverage guy, a smart guy who can yes. who can teach these young guys how to play the position. Absolutely. Frankly, was the Browns' best linebacker last year yeah. and was signed as sort of an afterthought. So the fact that they still have him around this year tells me a lot. And then your fifth linebacker, as we have said, right now it's Mac Wilson or Tony Fields. So I, you know, I don't know how many reps those guys are. I really don't know. I don't know where the reps are going to come from for that for those spots other than uh, other than special teams. Sure. Shout out real quick in the chat. Hazardous Browns fam. Thank you for that two month resub on the, tw on, on the, uh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> happens to all of us, man. I totally get it. <laughs> I was about to call it a Twitch prime sub, but it was just a regular tier one sub. Thank you so much for resubbing on that tier one. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I was gonna if you got questions for Mac. Pop them in yeah, the chat. Pop them Go in. Ahead. Pop them in. I was gonna mention I, the, the the thought escaped my brain because of me not being able to get words out. Um, I'll get it back. I also, here been there too. Been there too, <laughs> and it was and it was actually something pretty. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Yeah, what Steven said, guys. Bring the since I can't get words out right now. Bring in some <laughs> questions for Mac for Steve, and maybe even I might even be able to answer some of them. But hazardous Browns fan, we are pumped for the season two. Only two weeks away. Thank you so much for that two month resub of the tier one. Appreciate that very much. Here's one that I've seen on Twitter and in our forums on the OBR quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to highlight this and just bring it out. Uh, the Davi and David people are very confused as to his, does he take up a spot? You know, no, he does not. Yes. He is on the suspended list, which does not count against no. the 53. So basically for all intents and purposes, they got a two week extension on their decision with Davi and Davis. Uh, did he do enough? Does he fit what they want to do? Uh, or is he just all Berea? You know, was he just one of those guys that we have fun watching uh, in August, and uh, they have no plans for him during the regular season. We'll find out week three. Uh, if someone in front of him gets injured, if someone in that uh, wide receiver room uh, gets injured or becomes disgruntled or 
whatever, something happens. It's nice to have a guy like that in reserve, although Jamarcus Bradley on the practice squad would probably get the call up before uh, Davis would. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up right there. What, what were your thoughts, actually, on uh, the the August that we saw from Davian Davis? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mac, I did not. I mean, I remember him from his draft cycle and he was kind of exciting in certain ways, but I did not expect that at all. He had a hell of a camp. Yeah, no, he really stood out for me as, you know, at least when I go through these these preseasons, I, I kind of watch generally the field and see who sticks out, you know, out of all the guys that are playing. I understand it's against backups, but, you know, there are certain times where you understand, especially like JOK in the first week where, you know, it just it's somebody who looks different on the field, who looks like he's playing at a different speed. And I looked at Davion Davis and the plays that he was able to make down the field as a field stretcher, as well as somebody who was able to show off pretty good route running overall. You know, I looked at him and, and I thought that he really stood out. And I thought that compared to some of the other guys that they had on the roster, you know, you mentioned Jojo Natson earlier. I like Jojo, but the problem that I had with him was just that on the team that's built around versatility, you know, as somebody who's just a kick returner, I don't necessarily know that they could justify that spot like they could right. in previous seasons. So compared to that, you know, Davion Davis really showed a lot when it came to, you know, his ability to get downfield, his ability to, you know, create big plays uh, both here and also back in college as well. You know, and, and again, he talked about it with the media where, you know, teams like New England were interested in him. Uh, teams like the Jets were interested in him and at least brought him in for a visit, but they didn't ultimately sign him. So, you know, for Davis, I think he's somebody who, again, I think he kind of lends to those 10 to 15 snaps, if need be, 5 to 10, if need be, as your wide receiver 5, because he's somebody who can get downfield and stretch the field. And that was severely missing la last year. Mm -hmm. and, and I love Kadriel Hodge, but at the same time, you know, he was somebody who could get you those first downs, but I wasn't necessarily looking to him as that field stretcher. Could he make those big plays? Yes. But is he that consistent guy who can do that? I didn't really think so. So I look at Davion Davis, and he might add a little bit more of that big play threat to the back end of that wide receiver room that was severely missing last year when Odell went down with his injury. Absolutely. My only concern with Davis, and again, you know, I was I had some day three intrigue on him during his draft cycle a couple of years ago because he had some fun tape uh, down uh, down at was it Sam Houston State? I think it was Sam Houston State. Anyway, uh, but my only concern with him is it's great that he has shown that much ability in contested catch situations. Yes, but the ability to create separation at the NFL level is what separates rosterable NF uh, wide receivers from practice squad guys and uh, preseason uh, All-Americans. I, I, I'm not saying that he can't uh, separate. I just We didn't see a lot of it. All of his stuff came in contested catch situations. It's great if a it's wide receiver <laughs> can do contested catches, <laughs> but that can't be all you do. Sure. It has to be part of the package, and you have to be, especially in this offense, yeah, you have to right. be able to consistently create separation. Have we seen enough of it from him? I don't know. I, I'm not there. I don't see him in practice every day. I've seen only the snaps that everybody else has seen, so I can't speak to it for sure. But, you know, that that would be my only concern. Well, not even a concern. It's for my question. What You know, can he do that more consistently? Because if he can't, it makes it that much more difficult for the Browns to call him up during the regular season, especially when they have a guy like Jamarcus Bradley sitting on the practice squad sure. who has shown the ability to separate over the middle on a pretty consistent basis. So that would be my only question with D.D. Yeah, and uh, you're right. You're right. You can't, but I'll tell you, he is elite at at, at, at contested catches. My goodness, my goodness. He's good. 
My goodness. We got a couple of draft questions here. Uh, you know, one from Paul that's, uh, you know, in his typical mean uh, nature. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, this question. This I was one. just going to highlight this one. This is. We'll let you go uh, first on this one, Mac. With all 15 of Andrew Berry's draft picks on the roster, is there any doubt he can work with Magic again? No. Uh, and uh, what <laughs> positions do you think? Obviously, it's super early. But as of now, what do you think would be the things in the uh, on the table for day one and day two uh, next year, Mac? You know, for, for the first question, I, I don't have any doubt, uh, you know, when it comes to Andrew Barry, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how he handles some of these cases as well uh, on the roster going forward. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that if you're if you're looking at Andrew Barry, it's about future proofing positions. And, you know, at least when it comes to the draft free agency, it's about, you know, seeking out those initial holes. And then when mm -hmm. it comes to the draft, it's about building for the future. Um so, for instance, I, I look at the defense – I look at interior defensive line because – dang it, I swear, because I need to get a light. I need no. to get an actual light. <laughs> hey, it's a nice little production value there. You got, like, yeah, stro right. strobing it, it, lights and colors. Oh, like yeah, it. totally. Every, I got every the purple going, minutes, but – We get to wonder, is Mac about to be murdered by an axe murderer? <laughs> it's kind of a nice little break in the show. Anyway. Well, I mean, ahead. Andy's a horror movie fan, so that I'm true. sure that probably, you know, adds into that, too. Very so. true. Uh, but – yeah, so, you know, I, if I'm the Browns, I'm taking a look at wide receiver, honestly. I think that wouldn't shock me at all because, again, look, it, it's still looming between Odell and Jarvis going forward. I would love to have those guys back, but with their cap number, again, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep them both around uh, right. long term. So that's going to be one that I look at. Again, praying to God that one of the Ohio State wide receivers makes it down to them um, between Olave and Wilson. But, you know, I also look at interior defensive line because, mm -hmm. you know, the last couple of years they've added some guys like Togiai, they've added in Jordan Elliott. But again, you're missing out on so you have so many guys that are on one year deals and you can only do that for so long. So, you know, I look at those guys and, you know, it's getting to the point where I'm not really sure where else they could add. And the one position that I might look at, and again, this might be a little surprising to some people. But it wouldn't shock me if they go if they go offensive line because you know again you have somebody who's aging in Joel Batonio you have J C Treader who you know he's got a couple years left on his deal and then you also have Jack Conklin on the outside at, at tackle I understand that they brought in James Hudson but again he's a project he's somebody who as you guys both have noted uh, in previous streams too that he just doesn't look like he's ready for this year and, no. and I think he just needs a redshirt season right so. You know, I, I look at the offensive line. It wouldn't shock me if they bring somebody in. And especially, too, you mentioned Bill Callahan. Mm -hmm. I mean, get Bill Callahan, somebody who's getting these top-of-the-line guys. And all of a sudden, I think that you're looking at a very good group overall. And I understand that you're we're talking about the best group in the league, yeah. you know, a, as of today. Yeah. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, they bring somebody in who, you know, could start for Joel Petonio when Joel wants to, you know, either move on or if he wants to call it quits early or something like that. I don't know. But, again, looking at some of these guys, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they go interior offensive line, if they go interior defensive line, or it wouldn't shock me if they go receiver. Absolutely. Yeah, I would throw edge yeah. into that group. Um, yeah, yeah, edge too. Edge too. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I think either Clowney or Tack is going to have a year that that they bring them back and and extend them another year. But it, even if they do that, you still need another one. So uh, edge is always uh, these you know guardrail positions or you know pillar positions or whatever you want to call them. Edge, cornerback, 
they're always on the table sure. on the first couple of days. But I'm with you. If you hadn't have said it, because I've said that a few times over the summer and I've taken some heat for it. Treader's 31. Uh, he's got one more year on his deal. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Wyatt Teller's contract. We just don't. I would love no. to have him back. I think they're going to extend themselves to the end of the earth to try to get him back. But we don't know. And uh, like you said, Joel is uh, almost going to hit that 30 number. And he, he's got a huge cap number. In a couple of years, you're going to have to give some big money to Jedrick Wills on the left and the left tackle spot. We don't know what's going to happen with Jack Conklin. So you look and then you look at this upcoming class. And if a guy like Tyler Linderbaum uh, from Iowa is still around and they don't think that any of these other positions that they normally value hold that value, Tyler Linderbaum is a a friggin' stud be a physical freak he's on the freaks list feldman's freaks list and see absolutely perfect schematically for this offense i it would not shock me at all uh, especially if they have another good free agency like they did this year because that's you know that's a position it's not sexy fans don't jump up around and scream at the draft when you draft a center or a guard but if you have good ones like the Browns currently have, and you don't have to worry about that every every week, every year, <laughs> it's fan, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. You know, there's a kid in uh, uh, Texas A&M uh, who's also a, a, uh, his name is escaping me, but he's also being mentioned by guys like Dane Brugler as a first round talent, the the center slash sure. guard down there. Sure, God, I'm blanking on his name, uh, but yeah, that's no. absolutely an under the radar thing that they would be looking at on day day one, day two for sure. Yeah, there definitely are some uncertainties on the future of that offensive line. Are there, are there you know, Jay Treader, as you guys mentioned. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm with you guys in the O-line, and, and I do agree with you, Steve. Edge, I would think, depending on what happens with Clowney, I know the cap is going up astronomically, but we're not going to be able to re-sign all these guys. I don't know if Clowney is in, in the long-term plans. I don't know if he balls out this year. I would I – would, I would – I would hope they at least – well, I know they will explore it, but there's no guarantee. Who knows what Clowney's going to want? He's very unpredictable. Well, the thing, the thing with Clowney is that at 28, you would hope that he and the people in his camp have finally talked to him and said, look, I know you've been chasing that number one edge con- – that Miles Garrett, that, that Bosa-level yeah. contract. Yeah. It, it's almost certainly not going to happen at right. your age with your injury history. So – Let's say he goes out and they do the two of them do what we think. Miles is a 16, 18 sack guy and Clowney gets eight or 10 and just is the perfect Robin to Miles's Batman. Yeah. I would hope that his people tell him, look, you've got a situation here that's perfect. You don't have to be the guy. Right. You just have to be the other guy yeah. and you can make maybe you're not going to make 25 million a year. But 14, 16, somewhere in that, sure. that's not chump change. And you have a lot less pressure. And you're on a team that's competing for rings, man. Right. I, you would hope. I mean, and I don't know. It, I, I it's would never not out of the realm. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. I think some Browns fans just think it's a one year and done for Clowney here right. in Cleveland. And it, might I, be. it might be. No, they, they might be right, but I don't think that's assured. Especially as we all know, the cap is astronomically going up next year and the year after. So right. you, you know, a lot of lot of dominoes have to fall before them. But with that being said, I, I do think Edge is in. Depending on what happens with Jadavion Clowney beyond next season with the Cleveland Browns, I think uh, Edge would definitely have to be in the discussion for for a first round pick for for, for their first round pick next year. I'm I'm, I'm O line. I'm not. No, I I I think that's definitely in the discussion. I would th- wide receiver. 
is in that discussion. Couple shout outs real real real, real quick for chat. Uh K Wardle, thank you for that follow. Paul Spencer, thank you, Paul, for those five hundred bits. Appreciate that five hundred bit donation. <laughs> JRH, thank you for that prime sub and Mr. Makoa, I hope I got that right. Thank you very much for that tier one sub. Thank you guys for those subs and bits for the OBR Twitch community. Thank you very, very much. Only a few minutes left here. Uh, I brought this one up. Uh, Paul is, you know, uh, the only person I've ever <laughs> met, I think, that is on the same level of smart ass as I am. And yes. I game respect game. <laughs> yes. But I wanted to bring this one up uh, for a specific reason. This Saturday, just a few days from now, will be the first way too early mock draft. Ooh. And I will go into painful detail yes. uh, on the OBR I, for that. So that's why I wanted to bring that up on Saturday. I look forward uh, to this. Prepare yourselves. There yes. is no way in hell any of these guys will be available where I draft them. So feel free to yell at me. Oh. Stretch first. <laughs> you don't want to pull something the first time you yell at me about a mock draft. Can, so cannot to wait to up. cuss you out and tell you what an idiot you are for whatever your fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks are in this first mock draft. Cannot wait. I'm married. I'm used to it. So, <laughs> hey, she's nice. She lets you hang out with me all the time. She can't be so yeah, bad. Uh, she prefers it that way. Yeah, that's so. true. I'm doing her a favor. Who am I kidding? Uh, Mac, <laughs> uh, we we just uh, we're gonna wrap it up here pretty soon. Yeah, but before we're gonna go we to do, about about the half o'clock hour. Yeah. Any? Okay. Uh, what other thoughts do you? Have? Any specific thoughts you had from looking forward about the Chiefs? Maybe about the season as a whole? About anything in the past week that happened? Uh, I know it's awful. There's no way. Uh, absolutely no way. Um, but, um, just general, we're going to give you the floor Any anything, anything you want to talk about here before we uh, head out of here in a few minutes. So one thing Browns related, one thing, uh, professional related. Ooh. So Browns related, um, I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and say that, and I might just be just drinking the, the, the orange and brown Kool-Aid at this point, but Homer. No. <laughs> the more and more that we're getting closer and closer to week one, the better and better I'm feeling about going into Arrowhead with the way that this team has been, and especially seeing how that first unit played, you know, on offense and defense, I think the Browns have a legitimate shot. And the fact that the chiefs are a six and a half point favorite over the Browns at this point, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, I'm going to be honest. I think the Browns are going to go into Arrowhead. And I think that they're going to catch him sleeping a little bit, you know? So I think that the Browns can pull out a win in week one. So you know, I've been feeling better and better about that already. And at that point, I kind of adjust the way that I feel about the season because going into this, going into the season, I have them going 13 and four. I have them going 13 and four, but I also say that there's some kind of garbage that happens throughout the season to where they end up dropping a game that I think that they should win. Like the so Raider game last year or the Jet game last year. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. um, I, I look at that. I say 12 and five. But if if they get that win against the Chiefs, I'm going 13 and four. So, you know, with the way the season has gone uh, and the way this offseason has gone. Um, but professionally related, uh, for those of you who are interested, I am going to be filling in hosting this Friday night on 92.3 The Fan from 7 o'clock to midnight. So if you guys want to come in, tune in, check it out. 8 o'clock, I'm having Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio talking. Oh, I some... love Matt. Oh, yeah. And, and the leader of the Nick Chubb fandom for, for all of you guys <laughs> keeping score at home, too. So, you know, had to get him on. So I'm going to be having him on. I think Cameron Justice is going to be stepping away from her vacation to talk with me a little bit. Oh, she's but, fantastic. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Love her. So been on you know, this show I'm twice. Have, love her. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to have those guys on, but again, I'll be on from seven to midnight. You know, it, there will be some 
uh, smart takes that I have on there, I hope, uh, mainly bad ones. Um, but, and then just, you know, generic other things that we get into, maybe a little bit of Marvel, uh, since I'm going to be uh, excited for Shang-Chi coming out on Friday. So right on dude. <laughs> Let me ask you real just quick. Just to clarify yeah. real quick before you get to yeah. that. Andy, yeah. Uh, to clarify for everyone, this is on the fan, yes. not only fans. That's a completely <laughs> different thing. Mac is not on there Friday nights. He's correct, on there. Correct. He's, he's generally on there uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So this is a different thing. If you have notifications <laughs> set up for when Max OnlyFans is live, this is not that. I just wanted to clear that up. You, you you know OnlyFans made that announcement about what they're doing to their content. He's going to lose a lot of money there. So yeah, they yes. killed my show, income, man. Show show some <laughs> empathy for him, for God's sakes, um, Mac. Uh, I just got to ask you, man. You know, I, I listen. I've listened to the fan a long time. Um, I've had Ken Carmen on this show before. I'm a big fan of his. I love that episode, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Ken's a great guy. He's a very, very, oh, yeah. very good human being. Um, and I like the whole crew over there, honestly. Uh, what's it been like uh, since you started there, my friend? You know, it, it's been a wild journey. Because, yeah. again, I so it, it's funny because November is going to be my two-year anniversary of getting hired there. And it's funny because the first like six months or so, so I got hired in November of 2019. So sure. my first like six months were mainly overnight shifts where I'm working from midnight until three or four in the morning and I don't see anybody. Right. Um, and so, at, yeah, so it's basically like solitary confinement that they would just put me into like two or three nights a week. Go in the hole, um, Mac. But the it, hole. it's, it's <laughs> basically get get in the hole get back in your corner so but it, it's been a fun ride because again i've gone from that to you know working a lot of night shifts with uh with chico over there running board for them sure um but honestly i wouldn't have it any other way because again it's been between doing that covering indians and Cavs games and you know again I, i'm gonna be running board for the uh for tailgates uh, for the tailgate show this year. So I'm excited for that oh, too. That's so awesome, I'll be behind bro. the scenes. You won't hear me as much. That's still though. Yeah. So it, it's just been a wild ride for me again, especially for, for somebody who, you know, Andy, you've followed me for a while, but it's just been a wild ride. And uh, to be able to be where I'm at at this point, I'm excited. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see what, what the future holds too. Because again, if this is the first, if this isn't even the first two years, I can't wait to see what happens in the next two. Right. And you know, well, like I said yeah. before you came on, you're one of the ones that does it the right way. Right. I told you this privately. This is not just something that I'm saying because you're on our show. You, you I've told you this privately for a long time now. Uh, there's so many people in the social media age that, especially young ones that are trying to make their mark, they see other people who are, you know, wild and obnoxious, and they, you know, they, they build their brand on being a, you know, an 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 a hole. And I, I feel yeah. attacked. And can I just gone. say, I'm 25 and I can't stand Jake Paul. So, <laughs> perfect <laughs> but you've done it the right way with hard work being a good person putting out good content putting out quality stuff and i i appreciate that and we we appreciate you coming on to our show here tonight and uh and talking to us for as long as you have yeah of course like and i've told both of you guys guys this too but i mean again like my first paid job in the industry was with the obr so you know i i'm always gonna have a soft spot for you guys i appreciate all the hard work that you know, not just you guys, but everybody on the team does. And I understand like how much work goes into running this site and everything like that. And so I, I always tell people, if you can, if you're able to give it a subscribe, 
you got you got Lane, you got Brad doing all the work over there too. Yeah. You guys doing great work as well. So, you know, it, it's a great investment with you guys and great people overall too. Appreciate it, Mac. You're the man, brother. Well, Mac, uh, we'll let you get out of here. We kept you about uh, 30, 40 minutes longer than I told you. No, but, I'm good. But, hey, man, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, kind of, in a way, bailing us out tonight and hanging with us so long. Uh, we're, I would have been stuck with this guy all night. So, I, I, <laughs> No worries. Glad I can help you out. <laughs> all right, Mac. And now say, tell us again, when will you be live? When will you be hosting the show on The Fan? coming up here i i will be filling in this friday okay. on september 3rd from 7 p.m my until midnight all right my there birthday. you go hey i'll give you a birthday shout out <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect my 30s are over that'll be my 40th birthday well mac <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us man and uh i'll talk to you soon we'll have to do this we'll have to catch up with you during the season we'll have to have you back on my friend absolutely all right mac robinson everyone appreciate you bud appreciate it I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Aren't yeah, we? I, th- I think I think thanks to you guys in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a good that was a really good show. Mac is Mac is brings great stuff. Great insight. Good people. Yeah, he really is. And, and mo- most importantly, is he obviously he's talented, but he's a really good human being, does things the right way, as you said. A um, couple quick shout outs. Thank you to Tough Dogs for that prime sub as long and as well as Warpath. Thank you for that Twitch prime sub as well. Thank you guys for all the new follows tonight. Uh, thanks for all the new subs, the bits, all that good stuff. And most importantly, thanks for being active in the chat and making Steve and I's life so much easier. This would totally suck without you if we were just <laughs> talking to an endless void. Uh, but you guys keep it exciting. You guys keep us. Uh, you, you make it not feel like work. You do. At the end of the day, this is work. But you, you make it not feel like that. And I just completely appreciate you guys for all that. Thank you, John Smith United. Very much appreciate it. We'll be yeah, live. Barry and Fred will be back tomorrow with OBR Weekly. Yep. Uh, and then I then I don't think we have anything planned until Monday. I think we're taking yeah. a holiday weekend off. Yes, uh, since there's we no are. Game and everything. So, but we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then. Yes, indeed. And Buenca. 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 OBR Weekly tomorrow at 7 p.m. with Barry McBride and 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 Fred, the great Fred Greetham for Stephen Thomas. Thanks to Mac Robinson for coming on. I am Andy Lytle. We'll see you tomorrow live on the OBR Twitch at 7 p.m. Eastern. Have a great night, everyone. Go Browns.